Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, the music collector's magazine since 1974. And readers, don't forget to go to goldminemag.com online to check out exclusive content. And go to our shop where you can find unique vinyl and vinyl resources or all your collecting needs. That's shop.goldminemag.com. Okay, for this episode, we're going to talk about one-hit wonders, those songs that come on the radio, and you cannot distinctively tell who the artist is, but you remember the song. That's because they hit the charts. The artist hit the charts one time, and that was it. Um, We're going to be talking about three different one-hit wonders, and where their career went and what they were known for. And we'll be right back, right after this message, with sicknessradio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on sicknessradio.com. Okay, the first one-hit wonder we're going to talk about, and you probably will recognize the opening. It has a great opening to this to the song, the piano and guitar, uh, instantly, at least to me, recognizable, uh, more so than even the chorus. This is uh, Benny Mardones and Into the Night, which is the only three-time one-hit wonder song. That was in Unfortunately, Benny passed away in July of 2020, and his producer, Joel Diamond, had this to say about him. 
He said, when Benny passed away, he said, I am deeply saddened that my longtime friend, Benny, has died. In his 2018 Goldmine interview, Joe also shared, in 1969, I was new at Mercury, and Benny got off of the bus, came to my office, and said, I want to sing for you. I knew right away that he had potential. I have enjoyed working with him throughout his career. At the end of the 1980s, DJ Scott Shannon had a nightly Where Are They Now radio show on KZZP. Even though Into the Night reached number 11 in 1980, a lot of people still hadn't heard it. Maybe there were younger listeners who missed it at the beginning of the decade. When Into the Night was played on that radio show, the switchboard lit up with requests and became a hit for a second time in 1989. There is a new recording with a great arrangement by Ted Perlman in 2020. Uh, this resulted in Into the Night 2019, which charted in Billboard for a third time, this time as a dance record. Uh, Joel said about that, Benny is a three-time, three-in-one-hit wonder, now memorialized in pop music history for having the same song. Different recordings, different labels, different decades, and different centuries, charting three different times. Uh, Benny co-wrote Into the Night with another one-hit wonder, Robert Tepper. Uh, Tepper, who is best known for his 1986 song, no Easy Way Out from the Rocky Four film and soundtrack. Now, Benny's 1978 debut album, Thank God for Girls, had a lot of promise. The album's opening number, All for a Reason, written by the Alessi brothers, had a hit potential sound. at the private stock record label released it as a single and kept the entire five minute length as it was featured on the album supported by strong female background vocals unfortunately the single did not chart in the top 100s things improved drastically with his second album though in 1980 never run never hide on the polydor label containing the hit into the night now, that hit was also re-recorded in 1989 on a self-titled album on the Curb label produced by Joel. By the end of the decade, Into the Night has spent 37 weeks in the top 100, reaching number 11 in 1980 and number 20 in 1989. But I want you to know. his career, Benny was an exciting live performer, including opening for Peter Frampton. His television appearances included American Bandstand, The Midnight Special. You remember that 
show, uh, the Merv Griffin show, and the Tony Tennille show. Uh, ben, Benny is a veteran, a Navy veteran at the Viet, in the Vietnam War. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and he died in his home in Menifee, California, on June 29th at the age of 73, June 29th, 2020, with his wife Jane by his side. Now, this is one of those songs that when you hear it, you'll recognize it, but you might not know right away that it's Benny Mardonez. And don't forget, three time, the, the only three-time one-hit wonder song, uh, 1980, 1989, 2019. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages with our next one-hit wonder. Next one-hit wonder is Spirit in the Sky, and that's by Norman Greenbaum. song is more popular as a one-hit wonder probably than anything I can think of. One of those one-hit wonders that you hear all the time in movies, commercials, television, uh, all over the place. You hear it on radio a lot. Not many people know that it's Norman Greenbaum uh, and it's his sole top 40 hit, Spirit in the Sky, and it was a gold single which reached Number three nationally in 1970. Um, Greenbaum once talked to Goldmine about his feelings for the song, too, with Warren Kurtz. Norman was first heard on the radio in the prior decade as a singer, guitarist, and songwriter as a member of Dr. West's Medicine Show and Junk Band. The quintet's novelty song, The Eggplant That Ate Chicago, reached number 52 in 1966. Sounding like a loving spoonful, but very campy movie song. He came from outer space, looking for something to eat. He landed in Chicago. He thought Chicago was a treat. It was sweet. It was just like sugar. You better watch out for the eggplant that ate Chicago. Norman told Goldmine, it's very campy. That was my first top 100 single. I was part of a psychedelic jug band. We painted our faces 
It had a light show and were one of the first bands who did that in Los Angeles. Rather than have a rock and roll band like groups north of us in San Francisco, we were acoustic. I was writing a lot of songs based on my enjoyment of jug band music from when I was growing up near Boston. We were discovered, and that was our main goofy song on that small label. Back then, there were stupid space movies, and I thought it would be fun to do a song with a fictitious sci-fi film title. Since then, there has been Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but I didn't look out on a movie script in my day. Now, Spirit in the Sky was released at the very end of the 1960s. And early the following year, the single took off and reached number one in Cleveland, Ohio, Chicago, Illinois, and other markets. It was amazing because it had nothing to do like the other songs in the top ten at the time, says Greenbaum. At first, the team at Reprise didn't think it would go over well because it was so different and a bit long at almost four minutes. It's amazing that it lasted in popularity all this time. My producer, Eric Jacobson, did a great job getting the guitar sounds just right, and he gathered a lot of good musicians for that record. In 1972, when softer sounds were hit, like Seals and Crofts and other acts, uh, they were debuting on the radio. Norman's beautiful acoustic Dairy Queen single was released, too. With Spirit in the Sky being so big, he says, I had a difficult time following up with another hit. We sat, decided to go back to an acoustic sound like I had with Dr. West, but upgraded it musically and lyrically. We created the acoustic album Petaluma without drums. It was more folk than rock and instrumentally melodic. In the 1960s, Eric had successfully produced 11 spoonful hits in New York and then moved to California, and the first band that he worked with was The Charlatans, which featured Dan Hicks before his Dan Hicks and Hot Licks days. Eric also produced The Sop with Camel, so on my recordings we had people from the band, from that band, Ry Cruder, and all different types of people. As proud as I am of Spirit in the Sky, I also am proud of Petruluna album with Dairy Queen as the single. She twirled the town in high school. She was a Dairy Queen. Her boyfriend played football. Drove a 56 Chevy that was cream. And they hung out at the alleys on a weekend night, Dairy Queen. Norman continues to perform, he says, when the pandemic ends, our six-person band will be playing a variety of songs that I have recorded throughout the years. The group includes my girlfriend, Bonita Caps, singing background vocals and some songs by herself. One of the guitar players also plays a wicked electric violin. He can really take us to dreamland, and he also plays a piano mandolin. Sometimes we play Spirit in the Sky for 22 minutes 
to give everybody a chance to shine. Before shows were canceled, Bonito and I, Bonita and I were also planning on being part of an oldie show with The Looking Glass and other acts, playing my other top 100 solo songs, Can Ham and California Earthquake, and then ending with Spirit in the Sky, of course. People get on their feet, dance away, smile and remember the old times when they first heard the song. I'm so glad that I am been able to do this again. And I do a lot of shows for charity and concerts with remaining members of California bands when everyone started. Every summer we have been doing shows with people like from Big Brother and Holden Company, Jefferson Starship, and other bands. It has been great to be a part of it, and I have some of these players on stage with me. We do the concert almost every year in Golden Gate Park, playing to about 20,000 people. It is just a great scene. We are all so happy just to be here and being able to do it again. Families bring their kids to the show, and they love it too. It's nice to see kids enjoying your music from the past. My concert schedule will be on my website, spiritinthesky.com. Now, Norman concludes with Concord Music Group is playing to release an updated version of Spirit in the Sky for the 50th anniversary with a video and promotion. That song was on the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie soundtrack album, which reached number one and has been in 60 movies and 25 TV commercials and, of course, numerous TV shows. My one hit, Spirit in the Sky, has provided me with an amazing life. And you could see that song, listening to that song, it's, I think it's one of the best rock and roll songs of that era. And I think maybe he should have stayed with that sound instead of going acoustic. But so it is. So that is the story of Spirit in the Sky, straight from the source, Norman. And we'll be right back with one more one-hit wonder after this message. Okay, our next one-hit wonder is a soft rocker. It's by Pete Carr, and the song is Falling by the one-hit wonder duo LeBlanc and Carr. His muscle shows session guitar work, being a member of Hourglass with Dwayne and Greg Allman, and working with Paul Simon and many others. The soft rocked hit Falling may not be remembered by many, uh, was co-written by Lenny LeBlanc. It gave LeBlanc and Carr their sole top 40 hit in the winter through uh, spring of 1978, reaching number 13 on the Big Tree label, with a similar soft rock duo sound as their label mates, uh, England Dan and John Ford Coley.
was the second of three top 100 charting singles for LeBlanc and Carr's only album, Midnight Light, with the flip sides of all three singles written by Daytona Beach, Florida native Pete Carr. Now, Daytona Beach bassist Brian McBann shared with Goldmine that he was shocked and saddened by Pete's passing. Unfortunately, Pete Carr died in July of 2020, and McMahon had this to share at Goldmine about his passing. He said, I was shocked and saddened by Pete's passing. I remember his house in Port Orange. Pete met Greg and Dwayne Allman here, and they were in a local band, the Allman Joys. And then Pete joined them in the band Hourglass. After that, he moved to Alabama and became a part of the Muscle Shoals group of session musicians. Of everyone he played with, and there were a lot, he said that his biggest honor was playing with Paul Simon, who Pete considered to be on par with John Lennon and Paul McCartney as songwriters. He proudly played on Paul Simon albums and on Simon and Garfunkel's 1980s live recording, The Concert in Central Park. Pete's guitar work was heard on top 10 singles in the 70s, too, including Paul Simon's Kodachrome, which reached number two, and on Simon and Garfunkel's reunion hit, My Little Town, which reached number nine. Now, Pete delivered notable guitar performances on Bob Seger's Main Street and also on Rod Stewart's Sailing singles. Um, the powerful flip sides, Watching the River Flow by John by Joe Cocker and Make It Like a Memory by Barbara Stranzer also featured his sought-after musicianship. Pete played guitar and recordings by Boz Gags, Joan Baez, the Staple Singers, Wilson Pickett, and many more. He passed away in Alabama on June 27th at the age of 70. Now the song is, well, you can hear it's very, very mellow for, for soft rock. Um, it has a sort of dreamy quality, uh, somewhat of a sweet quality. It was also more likely to be heard in the 70s than it is now. Okay, well, thanks for this edition of the Goldmine Podcast and our one-hit wonders. Next time, we'll have Warren Kurtz himself, who does a lot of one-hit wonders writing for Goldmine. He also does uh, fabulous flip sides and in memoriam. In the meantime... Don't forget to go to goldmymag.com and get exclusive content and go to Barnes & Noble and Books A Million to pick up the current issue of Goldmine on the newsstand. Or you can order it at shop.goldmymag.com. That's our shop that we have unique vinyl and collecting resources there. And we also have back issues. And we have exclusive vinyl, exclusive bundles, etc. So we'll see you next time on the Goldmine Podcasts.